0: can't understand why
1: Honor to send a prayer cloth to somebody yeah. and she said i would like for you to anoint a cloth and send it to me and these cloths we got i love it because it's in acts 19 it says and god worked special miracles by the hands of paul so that from his body was brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them, You know, years ago, my dad's best friend was paralyzed in a motorcycle accident. He was lost. He wasn't a Christian. And my father and them gathered together and took some prayer cloths and put some oil on it. And you know, it wasn't nothing in the oil. It was the power that was yeah. attached to the oil yeah. and the power that was attached to that healing cloth that they took it all the way from Rush, Kentucky down to Lexington, Kentucky. And before the power started working, God was already on the scene. That man did something greater than the healing. He gave his life to the Lord. He gave his life to Jesus. And because he became a Christian, they took these and laid them down on him. And he walked out of UK Hospital. Paralyzed. That's the God that we serve. Amen. That's the God we believe in. And so here at Impact Church, we today have gathered around and we have anointed this. And I'm going to ask for each one of you all. Timo, would you put the on each one of them for us, please? And I'm going to pass this around and you, each one of you are going to touch this and you're going to anoint it. And then we're going to pray for it. we're going to ask God to do what only He can do in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Stretch your hands forward today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above all names. God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. God, we know that you are more than enough. And when the mountain seems too big, you are bigger than the mountain. When the valley seems too low, God, you are greater than the valley. You are bigger than the storm. You are our way maker. You are the pain taker, Lord. You are the one that creates a way when there is no way. So Father, we speak to sickness and death and destruction. Everything that's wrong in this person's life. And we stand against everything that's trying to stand against them. And God, we pray for your healing power to go with this piece of cloth. And when we send it out, may your spirit go with it. And your power go with it. And may it attach itself to that person and intervene in their life. And do what only you can do. God, we believe in the name of Jesus. You know, if you believe all the church said, amen, 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 amen. Pastor Kevin, let's do the offering today.
2: How's everybody doing this morning?
3: Woo! Woo-hoo. Hey! <laughs> all right.
2: You know, I'm really glad I get to come to a place that we can put all our stuff aside for just a little bit. And just praise the one who deserves all our praise. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I mean, if that doesn't excite you, your wood might be wet when you talk. <laughs> <But> then, <laughs> so, um, another thing, if you didn't notice, we have a youth group now, guys. Yeah. Woo! And it's kicking. They made enchiladas yesterday. Everybody that had their enchiladas said they were awesome. <laughs> right now, they're back in the media booth. You've got a lot of yes. so, you got to love kids for worship. little so Proverbs 11 says something along this line. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds gifts and only suffers warmth. Whenever, whoever brings blessings, will be enriched, and the one who waters himself will be watered. My friends, Pastor Blake likes to say this thing here. He says... Zero times anything is zero. If you don't give, you don't you don't get. It's real simple. That's right. God asks us to get ten percent of the stuff he already owns anyway. Yeah. Amen. He just wants a little bit back. And once again, he says if you give and you give with the right heart, my dear, you're blessed. Not always financially. But it's funny how your needs are always met. I don't know how many times my wife and I have experienced, we look at the bills, we look at the month, and they don't add up. But somehow at the end of the month, I got a couple dollars left, I got food on the table, I got a roof over my head, and I got electricity. Mm. If that ain't God, I don't know what is. Amen. All right, so let's pray. If you're online, we welcome you www.impact-ironton.com you can give if it's in house we got a box in the back just go ahead and drop it in we have it take care of it so let's pray guys heavenly father we thank you for this day and we thank you for the opportunity that we can give back some of what's already yours to start with yeah, Lord. take the take what is given today Lord and use help us use it for your benefit Lord help us be wise in the decision making with it and in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, okay. okay, so I'm
3: not really this either, but I have going to, have to say it real quick. <clears throat> so I walked downstairs just a few minutes before church started and asked for an uh, order of service. And I said, I added the song just in case. And uh, <laughs> when Ms. Eric was talking, I didn't know what song it was. When Ms. Eric was talking, she said, There's a song they sing called Rest on Us. And I looked at it and I was like, oh my gosh, that's the song I had. (laughs) (laughs) It's so I was going to sing that
1: first time at Impact Church. We welcome you. You're a guest today. If you come back again, your family. We love you. Thank you for being here. Most of all, I want to thank Pastor David Amos and Miss Amy for giving me the opportunity to fill in while he was gone. It's an opportunity to stand here and be before you. So I just say praise the Lord and thank you for that and I honor our pastor today. He is out doing great things. He is on big platforms. And what I love about that is no matter the size of the platform, he always talks about Impact Church. He represents Impact Church. He loves Impact Church because he is Impact Church. And I honor that in him. So let's give the Lord a round of applause and thank our pastor for what he does and does to make us better. Amen. Amen. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, I'll be reading from a translation that Pastor David's been using lately. It's a Christian Standard Bible. But we'll be in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And the title of my sermon today is called Impacting the Culture. Impacting the Culture. And the Lord confirmed this to me. When I got online, I was going to sow a seed. The Lord told me to sow a seed in the pastor of Rock Crush's ministry yesterday. So I got online and when I did, I I went to their website. And the first thing it said, um, for you give, it says... You are sowing to impact the culture for Christ. And I said, there you go. That was confirmation right there. God showed me that I was on the right track. Amen. Bless you, Sister Scenes. (laughs) 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 Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, starting in verses 1 through 4. Follow along with me. Now, as they were speaking to the people, the priests, the commander of the temple police, the Sadducees confronted them because they were provoked that they were teaching the people and proclaiming the resurrection from the dead using Jesus as the example. So they seized them and put them in custody until the next day since it was already evening. But many... People who heard the message believed and the number of them was about 5,000. Amen. The number of them was 5,000. You know our pastor always tells us that Acts is a book about action. And it was in the book of Acts that God activated His disciples when He put His Spirit within them and sent them out to change the world. Let me remind you what Acts 1.8 says. It says, But you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, that was God telling you, when I put power on the inside of you, you will produce power on the outside of you. Mark 16, 17, He went on and told them, He said... These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. And I came here to tell you today that we as God's people, with His Spirit within us, have been activated to be active in the kingdom. Yeah. When we become like the church in Acts, we will see the results of that the, that the church in Acts had. We will impact their culture like the church in Acts did. Amen. See, he said cast out devils. You know why you don't see people cast out devils? It's because most people that's trying to cast out devils got too many devils in them. Yeah. Satan can't cast out Satan anyways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Satan won't stand against himself. And you can't cast out a devil when you got one yourself. God is calling the church to a holiness and a purity. God is calling the church back to righteousness yeah. and good living and clean living and goodness and holiness and grace and mercy and all the attributes and things of God that He's called us to be. He said these people, when the Spirit gets within them, they will speak with new tongues. Well, I've got news. You won't speak with a new tongue if you still speak with the old one. That's right. God won't give you no heavenly language if the earthly one you have is filthy and vulgar.
3: Amen. That's good they shall.
1: If the Word says they will recover, why don't we see more people recover? It's because maybe because we're trying to use sick people to cast out sickness. Why don't we get whole first and then try to pray for people to become whole? There's power in the name of Jesus. I've seen it. I've watched it. I've experienced it. There's power in the name because there is no other name given among men whereby you must be saved but the name of Jesus. By His stripes you are healed. And so here in Acts chapter 4, we see Peter and John arguing with the Sadducees, not because they chose to, but because they were attacked and put in prison. And all of it started, why? Because in Acts chapter 3, they healed a lame man. So in order to understand chapter 4 today, let us look a little bit at chapter 3. Okay, Acts chapter 4 is only a continuation of the action that took place in chapter 3. And let me throw this in here for you, and this is free, but if you are going to change the culture, you must be a changed creature. Right. Amen? If you're going to change the culture, you must first become a changed creature. You can't live like the old you and expect to get new results. My I'm preaching right now. Amen. You can't still live like the old and expect something to change in your life Or anybody's life around you Amen. So maybe when we start changing Maybe we'll start seeing them change yes. If you want your family to change Why don't you change first yes. You can't get them saved if you ain't saved Amen. They won't live right If you don't live right yeah. People do what they see And God is calling us to live that way And the only way we'll live that way Is to be saved born again Filled with His Spirit And activated Amen. To be active in the kingdom. Second Corinthians 5.17 is still true today. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away and behold, all, all things right. become new. Hey. They have become new. They will become new. They are becoming new because God has done a new work inside of you. Yeah. And if you are new in Christ, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. And you are not the old person anymore. Praise God. Yeah, so in chapter 3, Peter and John... We're going to pray like they always did. And at a gate called Beautiful, they meet a lame man. They was at a beautiful place, but they met a man who was in an ugly place. I'm gonna say it again. They was in a beautiful place, but they met somebody that was in an ugly place in their life. Yeah. This man was lame. He was lonely. Had no you know, it was his situation was so sad that his friends picked him up and brought him to that same place and dropped him off every single day and left him there to big change. Nobody giving him hope. Nobody giving him any help. All they did was give him a hand a handout when what he needed was a hand up, oh my God. What he needed was someone to say, silver and gold, have I none. But what I do have, yeah. such as I have, give I unto thee yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Right. They introduce him to Jesus, Amen. but instead of putting coins, or instead of giving him Christ, they want to give him coins. And instead of filling his cup with love and joy and laughter, they want to fill it with dollar bills and expect him to get better. That doesn't work. Some of you feel that way right now. The position you're in doesn't look like the place you're in. But you are one touch away from God turning your ugly situation into a new situation. You're one step away from God taking that ugly look and giving it a brand new look. You're only one part away from God intervening in your life and changing everything that's wrong. Because I promise you I'm proof that He can do that. <laughs> He can change you. If you ask anybody that knew me 10 years ago, they would not tell you I'm the man that I used to be. Yeah. If you ask anybody 10 years ago what I was like, they would have not said, He's a preacher. They would have said, He lives good. He's a faithful husband. He's faithful to his church. He's got a little boy and he pays his bills. They would have said none of those things. They would have called me a crook and a thief and a junkie and a no good. But by the grace of God, I stand here today clean, clean, forgiven, and clear because God, This man was asking for coins, but they gave him Christ. <laughs> the Gospel message is meant to meet the need, not the want. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Some of you here today are one step away from receiving your miracle and your breakthrough, and I hope that you're ready. Peter and John met a man begging for change. And the culture would have gave him what he wanted, but God gave him what he needed. Hallelujah. He was lame and lamenting. But after they got a hold of him, he was leaping and laughing and loving God, running through the temple, praising the Lord. And the people said, this can't be the same man. That's not the one I saw yesterday. That's not the one I saw this morning. But it was. Because God intervened and did what they could not do. This is the gospel message. This is how you impact culture. And so because of chapter 3... I'm gonna make this quick today. Because of chapter three, they healed the lame man. Now in chapter four, the Sadducees get mad and attack them and confront them and have them locked up. Because they're doing something that they didn't agree with. The Sadducees didn't believe in the afterlife. And here they are preaching the resurrection of the dead. Here they are preaching that Jesus can uh, birth you into a new life. Make you born again. Save you. And and resurrect what was dead inside you. And they don't believe in resurrection. So because of what they were preaching. The gospel message. The Sadducees came against them and put them in jail. So in Acts chapter 4. You know I'm a point preacher. Here we go. Acts chapter 4 starting in verse 1. Let me say this real quick. You will not impact the culture if your desire is to impulture. If all you want to do is have people like you, you will not impact their life. Sometimes it takes a hard truth to get a good answer out of somebody's life. It takes a hard truth to change somebody's life. Adrian Rogers said it like this. He said, I would rather tell the truth that hurts and heals than tell them a lie that feels good and kills. Why keep telling people they're all right the way they are and all they're going to do is burn in hell when they die and leave this world? What's wrong with telling somebody the truth that Jesus loves them? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with telling them you don't have to live that way anymore. Even though they don't want to uh, change, they need to change. Just like the lame man, he was begging for change. But the change he wanted was not the change, or it was different than the change he needed. Thank God there were some people who came by and recognized what he needed was better than what yeah. he wanted. And they gave him what he needed, not the other one. Because yeah. had they put coins in his cup, he would have still been lame the next day. But when they put Jesus in his cup, his cup ran over. God healed him, yeah. saved him, and sent him running to the temple praising God. Yeah. Changed his life completely. And so. Some things I want to talk about is when you, as God's people, when we are, are, are live for the Lord and we plan on impacting the culture, here's three things you'll face, okay? Number one, in verses one and two, it says, while they were speaking to the people, the priests, and the police, that's <laughs> funny, this is <a> the police, <laughs> but while they were speaking, it's the temple police. <laughs> you can even tell I've been a criminal because I'm like, police, <laughs> He's like, I've never let him over again. <laughs> he does this every time he gets the mic. You're good. So they're talking to the public. The Sadducees confront them. And they tell them, you're not going to talk about that resurrection. You're not going to talk about Jesus anymore. We're tired of you raising these people up and giving them hope. We're sick and tired of you going against the law. We've had enough of it. You keep talking about this man who we don't even see anymore. Because Jesus has already left and went back to heaven. And they're sitting there going, why are you rambling about a man that's not even here anymore? Quit talking about him. And so the only way they thought they could shut him up was to lock him up. So number one, if you're going to impact the culture, you better be ready to experience confrontation.
4: Yeah.
1: Confrontation. Confrontation happens when people hear what they don't like to hear or they hear what they don't like or agree with and it gets them in their feelings. It gets them frustrated. When we speak truth, that's when the enemy comes in and starts speaking lies. See, the enemy loves to confront you and hopes that he can confuse you or contradict you to make you quit. He hopes that a little bit of opposition will make you stop and lay down and go quietly back home and quit telling people about Jesus. They're hoping that if we tell them to shut up, they'll just sit down and go away. But God's people ought to be more bold than that. Instead yeah. of saying, I don't care what you say about me. I've got a right to proclaim Jesus. I've got a right to tell people about the hope that's in me. I've got a right to give freedom to those that are bound and loose those that need loose and those that are chained up. Why would I not tell someone about Jesus? Yeah. Confrontation comes in many forms. It might come in your family. It might come from your friends. It might come from your fellow brethren at the church house. Because look here. They were talking to the people. They were talking to the priests. And they were talking to the police. All, right, they, all three right there. Three different groups of people. Family and friends. Fellow brethren. And the federal government. They're talking to all three of them. They're encountering all three of them. Confrontation comes in many forms and yeah. many ways. But also, not only do they have experienced confrontation, they experience conflict. In verse 3, it says they seize them and put them in custody till the next day. This happens when the enemy can't stop what is happening, so he tries to stop you. Yeah. You know what conflict does? It just creates fighting and it creates feuds. Fights will eventually end, but feuds are ongoing and often last forever. If you don't believe me, read about the Hatfields and McCoys. All of it started over someone they thought stole a pig or did steal a pig or did Boy. steal a pig and eat a pig. I don't care someone had something to do with a pig. And for 30 years, they was mad about it and killed each other yeah. and fought each other yeah. and feuded over a pig. <laughs> really? I mean, but we ain't no different. The enemy comes in, and he starts talking to you, and he says, did you see the way they looked at you all? Home? Come on, Reset. <laughs> Did you see the way they looked at you this morning? They didn't shake your hand when you walked in. You know what I mean? Did you, yeah. see, did you, did you hear what they said about you, team brother? That's what he says. Do you hear know what they said about you? They never said nothing to begin with. <laughs> But still, the voice has come and say, did you hear what they said about you?" That's why he's the accuser of the brethren. But I came here on a mission from heaven today to expose the lies of the enemy and to tell Satan to go back to hell where he came from. Woo! Truth, we don't live in lies. Amen. Yeah. You have to expose him for what he is. Pull the drapes back. Let him see him for the enemy that he is. And quit embracing the enemy and expose the enemy. He likes to conflict. Ephesians 6.12 says we wrestle not. One translation says we battle not. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. But against what? Principalities. Darkness. Rulers. Spiritual wickedness in high places. Mm -hmm. And God said put on the armor of God. So that you may be able to stand. And after having done all, keep standing. Yes. Why? Because he knew the devil would come and try to get you tied up in the natural, so you would never see the supernatural attack. Yes. You know, the Lord showed me this one day when I was down at the Tabernacle. I saw. Well, I was preaching, and I kind of like I almost like had this out of body experience. Like I just saw it in my mind, and I saw this family, and they're standing on stage, and it's a nice, lovely woman and a nice man, and they're they're in love, and they got kids, and all of a sudden they start fighting. And it didn't happen fast, it happened slowly. They had an argument, disagreement. Next thing you know, they're bickering. And before you know it, one by one, they're just sitting there going at each other. And then off to the side, I see the devil. And he comes walking out and he sees the old teenage girl. And he hands her an iPhone and some makeup. And she falls in love with that. And he takes her by the hand and he walks her away. All the while the parents are arguing and bickering. Fighting and cussing at home. And then he goes back over and he sees a teenage boy and he hands him a basketball. I saw him as clear as day, I'll never forget it. He hands him a basketball and he introduces him to a young lady. He says, come on. He takes him by the hand and he walks him away. And then he goes over to the little boy and he hands him an iPad and he hands him a ball. He says, come on. And while the parents was arguing and bickering and fighting over everything that they said on Facebook and the bills were too much and you spent that money and I spent this money and we can't pay this and you can't pay that and you said this and I said that and we can't get along and the whole time they were fighting, the enemy came in and took what they were sent to protect, their children, their family. And God said, while you're sitting there arguing with your spouse, the devil's taking our children. Yeah. What is yeah. that? Boy, oh, you could hear a mouse run across the floor right now. Because yeah. it's the truth. It is and that's why he showed me that. He said, you're wrestling with the wrong things. Stop wasting time wrestling with things that don't matter. Yes. Quit getting tied up with things that are, are irrelevant to our life and start fighting what is important and what is relevant. And that's fighting for our homes and our children, our spouse, our church, our community, our city. Why don't we start standing up for the things that matter instead of letting the enemy come in and take everything away from us? Also, number three, in verse four, this is my favorite, when Peter and John impact the culture. They experienced confrontation, they experienced conflict, but they also experienced converts. And that's what I like about all this. They experienced converts. The Bible says that many of them who heard the message believed, and the number of them came to about 5,000 converts. This happens when the church takes action like the church did in the book of Acts. And when we start seeing converts, we see faith and we see fire. We're not feuding and fighting. We're not getting our feelings and frustrated. We're having faith and we're having fire. When we are bold in what we say and bold in what we believe, people will become bold in what we say and bold in what they believe. They won't believe what you don't believe. You can't tell them to be this way if you're not that way. So, what we are called to do is very important. Matter of fact, it's so important, Jesus died for it. The disciples gave their lives for it. Never dismiss the seriousness of each moment we have to minister. You never know whose life you will impact. And if you don't believe me, ask Billy Graham. Ask Mordecai Ham. Most people don't even know the name Mordecai Ham. But you know, had it not been for Mordecai Ham who preached the message, Billy Graham might not have ever given his life to the Lord. But it was at a Mordecai Ham revival that Billy Graham gave his life to the Lord. And God used that man to impact millions of lives around the world. Thank God for those who are willing to preach to the one or the 100 or the 1,000. It doesn't matter. All souls are equal in the eyes of God. And all souls matter in the eyes of God. God give us a church that will stand up and fight for the one yeah. or the one hundred regardless of how they feel about it. Amen. Amen. The culture wants you to be cool, hip, seductive and attractive. But Jesus called us to be holy and sacred, not seductive. And if you don't believe me, let me remind you in First Peter 2 9, he said you are a chosen generation. Yeah. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation a peculiar people. Yeah. Called to bring forth the praises of God. Called to come out of darkness into the light. Why are you still meddling with them? He said, come out from among them and be clean. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you, saith the Lord.
4: Amen.
1: There's nothing wrong with loving people and having friends that aren't saved. There's nothing wrong with ministering and witnessing to people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but when it comes to a point where people can't tell the difference between me and them, something's wrong. Amen. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 Preach, Pastor Blake. Amen. <laughs> so I'm going to give you three quick conclusions and we're done. We're out of here. I told you I'm going to preach long. If you're going to impact the culture, there's three things you're going to need. See, I'm not going to come harp on you. <laughs> I'm going to give you some tools to leave here with. Amen. Amen. So if you're going to impact the culture, there's three things you're going to need. In verse 7 and 8, it says... After they had Peter and John standing before them, they asked them this question. By what power or what name have you done this? Mm-hmm. And Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and people and elders, if we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man... By what means He was healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people in Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, God raised Him from the dead. By Him this man is standing here before you. Boldness. He didn't care what they had to say. And I'm going to tell you today, if you were going to make an impact in the culture, you were going to have to be courageous in the moment. You must be willing to stand up when everybody else stands down. Peter didn't have to stand up and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Peter stood up because the Holy Spirit had already came. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't waiting on someone to fill him up. He was already filled up with the Spirit. Yes. But yet, yeah, we got to sit around and wait 10 minutes and pray for God to give me some fuzzy feeling before I can go minister to people. i got to wait until it feels right. We get filled with the Spirit. We don't have to worry about that. I'm full of it. Let's go. Yeah. You know nice cars won't run on gas if they ain't got it? <laughs> nice cars, no matter how good it looks, still cannot run on an empty tank of gas. Right. So it doesn't matter if it's a clunker like old Smoke I used to drive my old Camry. Or if it's my Kia Optum or Santa Fe or whatever. It doesn't matter what it looks like. If you ain't got no gas in the tank, it won't work. Yeah. So you got to be full, filled with the Spirit. When you live a life filled with the Spirit, you will function in the Spirit. Amen? God, give us a church that can function in the Spirit that we don't have to go get David every time we want to pray with somebody. But when we see someone on the road, we can say, silver and gold, have I none, but I've got something for you. And His name is Jesus, and He's got enough power to raise you up and heal you of what's wrong with you. Most of all, He can save your soul and do for you what me or David or anybody else can never do for you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Also, if you're going to impact the culture, you need to be courageous in the moment, but you need to have confidence in the message. Yep. Confidence in the message. In verses 11 and 12, he says, this Jesus, the stone rejected by the builders, which has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. You must be willing to study and seek God's voice to know what you believe so that you are not misled and following doctrines of devils. Paul said that. That there will come a time where they will have doctrines of devils. And they will tickle your ears and lead silly women captive away. They said they will infiltrate their houses and they will affect men and women alike. Children, young and old, it doesn't matter. They will deceive the very elect, God said. And we have to know what we believe. Do you know why most people don't hear God? Because they can't hear God. (laughs) That easy. (laughs) I know it's real profound, isn't it? Yeah. But it's the truth, you know. God told me that a long time ago. When I when I worked in addiction recovery care, I used to preach every day to the guys because I was a chaplain. I used to preach every day to The whole Bible study class. I said, "Number one, we're going to get them uh, clean and free. We're going to get them forgiven, and then we're going to keep them free and forgiven." Amen. Amen. We're going to teach them God's word and train them up in the admonition of the Lord. Raise them right so they can go out and be the products and the people that were called to be. Amen. Praise God forevermore. And so. I was talking one day, and I was in one of the new houses we had built called Madison House, and it had a big old TV behind me, and I used to hate having the TVs on. So I told the guys to turn the TVs off because, you know, they'd want to pause it, and then they'd sit there stare at it or it'd make a noise, and it would just drive me bad. And I, I'd be like, if you won't turn it off, I will unplug it. I'll throw the thing out the window, trust me. I won't get crazy real quick. So I'm just kidding. But uh, anyways, I ain't going to throw it out the window. Maybe." So I, I told you guys, I said, turn the TV off. So they turned it off. They set the remote over on the over in, on the couch in front of me. And everybody's listening. They're talking. A couple of them had earbuds in their ears. And I had this big old message tied up. And God just took me a whole nother direction. And I came out of the gate praying. His eyes I've got this big. He was like, oh, man, I was really scorched his board, you know? <laughs> that's the most red thing I've ever said. Scorched his board. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like Really scorched his door, you know. I must have really gotten his crawl and I was like, his eyes are like this big. He's looking at me and I was like, he didn't have no earbuds in. He, I mean, he didn't have nothing. I was like, why is he mad? And he went like that. And oh actually I had it backwards, I'm sorry. What had happened was I told him to turn the TV off and they had paused it. I'm sorry, that's what had happened, and they'd set the remote down in front of me. So that it was pausing behind me and it was just driving me crazy, and I wanted to throw it out. That's what I'm sorry, I had a squirming stuff. <laughs> so when I'm sitting there preaching, his eyes get real big, and he goes, and I said, What? He goes, The TV just went off. And I was like, What? He goes, The TV just went off. When you said turn off the TV and put down your Facebook and take out your butt, the TV just went off. <laughs> and that guy was like, That has to be one of the smart TVs. So they was like, who unplugged it? So they're over here, it's, it's still plugged in. They went, got the remote, they turned it on, it came on. And that one guy, he was real skeptical. He goes, Oh, that wasn't God that did that. That's when smart TVs. Watch, it'll do it every time. TV turn on. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. TV turn on. That guy stood there for 10 minutes trying to turn it, t- <laughs> trying to talk to it. <laughs> trying to turn it. people would realize it was god (laughs) trying to send them a message you know sister eric was talking about you know meeting god in the quiet place and waiting on god yeah you know and elijah encountered a moment with the lord like that and the problem is if you ain't careful you'll look for god in places he isn't you'll be listening for something god's not saying and god told him elijah said. Uh, I, I heard the rocks quake, and I thought surely the Lord would be in that. But no, and he said. But then I saw the great fire. Surely the Lord's voice is in that fire. No, no. he said. But then I heard a yeah. still a small voice. Yes. And Elijah said, "That's why." Yes, God. Stop looking for God in places He's not. Stop expecting him to be in the fire when he's in a still small voice. Don't let things in your life get so loud that you drown out God. Don't let your life become so chaotic at home and so busy that all you do is wrestle with everything around you that you can't hear God anymore. God's in the quiet places. If you don't know it, you can't quote it. I've heard this all my life. And It is true. Jesus said, take no thought of what you're going to say. He told his disciples, he said, when you come up to the Sanhedrin, and you come before the public, and you come before all these people, he said, Don't worry about what you're going to say. The Holy Spirit will bring it to your remembrance. And I've heard these people say the Holy Spirit will bring it, and you know what? You're all right, sister. Yeah, he will. But you only tell you what he won't do. He will not let you remember something you've never read.
3: Hey, uh, now woo! That's
1: good. Woo! That's fire, ain't it? God hit me with that one day and that just about knocked me out of the chair. Everything we read, he'll bring it on me, sister. Will. He will. And so people think they can say, well, I'll just get up and open my mouth and God will fill it. Well, if you ain't never read the Bible, he's not going to fill it with nothing. Amen. But when you study to show thyself approved, yeah. the Bible says a workman unto God who is not ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of God. Do you know why God wants you to be confident in the message? He wants you to know the message so you can be confident in the message so you can convey the message. My God, that's good. And you can convey a message that you're confident in that you know. But if you don't believe it, neither will they. If you don't know it, neither will they know it. Mm -hmm. If you don't know it, you'll never quote it. You'll never tell them about it. You'll be telling them what everybody else said and you'll never know the truth for yourself. He said, I need you to rightly divide the Word. You know why he wants you to rightly divide it? Because there's too many people wrongly dividing it in our country today, all around the world. There's people that is lying, telling the, the lies on the Word of God and giving you doctrines that never came from heaven. And people are buying it because it sounds good. Uh, it feels good. I like that coat. I'll wear that one. And so they have this image of God that's not even true at all. They have these misconceptions of a God that is not true at all because they wrongly divide the Word of God instead of rightly dividing the Word of God. Men and women, children, in here, hear me right now. Get your nose out of Facebook and put your nose in God's book and get to know what God says about you and what He wants for your life. Amen. I ain't got nothing against Facebook, by the way. I ain't hating on Him. I'm just saying... Spend more time in His Word. Get to know it. So you can help others get to know it. Praise God. And so last thing, I'll tell you. I'm done. That's quick. You get courage in the moment. Confidence in the message. And committed in the ministry. You better be committed in the ministry. If you want to work for God, you better be committed. Ain't no half hearted service around here. It will get you nowhere. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, as a matter of fact, He said, if you want to be lukewarm, I'll spew you right out of my mouth. 40. Ain't got time for that. If you want to be cold, be cold. If you want to be hot, be hot. Don't try to be both. Don't right. straddle the fence. The grass ain't always green on the other side either, I promise you. Committed in the ministry. In verses 13 through 20, I love this. I'm not going to read them all, but I want to read one part to you. He had paraphrased, and this is what they said They said, We've seen you heal this man. they led him out of prison. They saw the healing. And he says to them, he said, we order you, even though it's been done, this sign you've done, this miracle, we know it's a miracle. We can't dispute it, Brandy. But we order you, because we don't like what you're saying, to stop it. And they said, nope. They said, we, matter of fact, the Bible says they threatened him even more. And they told him to him, but well, he said, stop it. And you know what he said to them in verse 20? <laughs> He says, we are unable to stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. <laughs> we are unable to stop it. Even if, like Jeremiah said, if you shut my mouth, I'll burst inside. Because the Word of God is like a fire shut up in my bones. You can stop me, but you can't shut my mouth. The Word is too rich inside me. Man, I got excited right there, didn't I? Amen. But that's what the Word does. It's like a fire inside of you. Trust me, I'm sweating like I'm in a sauna right now. (laughs) (laughs) Peter and John faced great opposition, but that became their opportunity. Don't let the opposition cause you to turn and run. The opposition could be your opportunity to be a witness for the Lord. Had David backed down from Goliath, they would have never knew his name. But he stood in the face of adversity and said, I ain't got swords and I don't have uh, armor, but what I do, I've got a rock and a rag. Come on, big boy. And he took off running towards adversity. He didn't run away from it. The Bible says he ran towards Goliath. He pulled back that rag. He let that rock go. And God guided it right between his eyes and took him down. And then he went over and took Goliath's sword and cut his head off and carried it to Jerusalem. People knew David after that. Saul, the king, knew David really well after that. When they went out and battled, they came back and the people came out to meet the king and here Saul is standing and they say, Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his ten thousands. Mm -hmm. Because he did not miss his opportunity just because it came in the form of opposition." People don't like opposition. They don't like... I don't naturally love to just sit down and argue with people. I don't like to just be confrontational. That's probably one of the hardest parts of being in ministry. It is. But sometimes you have to confront things in order to get the success you want in life and the success you want in ministry. Sometimes you have to rebuke people. Our pastor taught this the other day. He said... Destiny requires direction and sometimes direction requires correction. You want to write that down. If you can't take correction, chances are you're still too immature and you need to do some growing. But you know what? When someone corrects you and it's done in the right manner, the right way, when your pastor corrects you, it's doing it because he loves you and he cares about you. The Bible says God corrects us just like a father corrects his child. Why? Because he loves the child. I remember growing up, my dad, when he put me, he said, say, I'm doing this, I love you, and that's the reason I'm doing it. I love you more, even though it hurts me. I'm just kidding. My dad's here today. And he's looking at me like, I don't ever try that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. And I honor my dad for being here. Thank you. Amen. I'm only a third of the man he is, and I hope one day I can be half the man he is, and I'll be doing good. <laughs> Committed to the ministry. He told them, Peter said, I I cannot stop preaching even if I wanted to. They had been locked up, falsely accused, mistreated, threatened, ordered not to preach and teach. And most people would have given up the moment they said shut up. But the power on the inside wouldn't let them be silenced. You can tell us to be quiet. But I can't if I wanted to. So here's my ending. Instead of saying we're unable to preach here, how about we stand up and say, I'm unable to not preach here. How can I not tell you about Jesus? How can I not tell you He saved me and set me free? How can I not tell you that He took the chains off my soul? Oh, bless His holy name. And let that be the word we carry with us today, that we are going to impact the culture by refusing to be silenced. Dr. Parsley says, refuse to be refused, deny to be denied. I was built for the battle. I was created for the conflict. I won't tuck my tail and run, but I will stand in the face of adversity. And tell them Jesus is still greater than the opposition I face. Amen. Amen. Let us stand. Autumn, oh, you got something prepared for us, just to let play in the background. <coughs> I'm confident you'll find something. <laughs> number four, confident in the marriage. One <laughs> <Well>, number four. <laughs> Rather <laughs> rich, just as I am. <laughs> Amen.
4: <laughs> Amen.
1: So, if everybody head bow and all their eyes closed, let's just take time and let's get serious with God for a minute. You know, impacting the culture is is often hard, especially when you're you know uh, not a really uh, extrovert kind of person. You're not really. You're not really the kind of person that likes to get out there and get in it. And you know what? That doesn't mean that anything's wrong with you. And just because you may be introverted and you love to go out and do those things, that doesn't mean you're better than anybody. Remember that. We all have a different way that we impact the culture. You know, my dad impacted my life more than anything because you know what? One thing he did, he read his Bible every single day. I'm 37 years old, and I can't tell you one day my dad never read his Bible, that he never prayed, and he's never told me a lie or said something to me that he couldn't keep. He's never broke a promise. He's been honest and faithful. And that has impacted my life. And so I carry that with me to teach my son and those around me how to be, how to have integrity. How to keep reading when nobody's around but you and God. How to keep praying when ain't nobody at church watching. It's just you and God. That's how you impact the culture. You leave a legacy that people remember. And you live a legacy that people want to live. That's how we make an impact in this culture. So if you're here today... Let's let that music play. Thank you. If you're here today... First of all, you're not saved. And you want to know this Jesus I told you about. The One whose name is above every name, yeah. Given among men whereby you must be saved. If you're here today and you want Christ to come into your life, please, just come forward. If you can't, just raise your hand and we'll pray with you. Because this is the most important moment of your life. If you're here right now and you're not saved, you're lost, would you just raise your hand and say, I'm lost. Pray for me. Would you? Nobody's looking around. It ain't nobody else's business. Are right, anybody in here lost today? Not no Jesus. Not only that, but how about this? If you're here today and you feel broken, you feel hurting, you feel defeated, and you need the God of heaven to do something great in your life, would you just raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm that person. Is there anybody? God sees that hand. He sees those hands. Hands everywhere. God sees them. Because we need Him. And we have needs. And He's big enough to meet that need today. God sees your hands today. And if you want to come pray at this altar, you're more than welcome to come pray at this altar. i got preachers all around this room that will meet you right here and pray with you. And if you're here today and you have loved ones that are sick, You have loved ones that are lost. And you want to pray with them. Lift your hand and we will pray with them today. Amen. God, sees those hands. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we come to you and declare that you are great and greatly to be praised. God, we know that all you have to do is speak it and it is done. God, we pray for you to send your Holy Spirit right to the rooms of every person that is hurting, of every family member and the people that's in this auditorium and minister to the needs of those people right now in the name of Jesus. God, we know that we don't even have to be there as long as you are there. It is enough, God. Yes, hallelujah. And we believe you can. in this room today that are hurting, they feel helpless, maybe they're worried, maybe they're fearful, whatever the need be, maybe they just want to be more, maybe they just want to impact the culture. spiritual, supernatural boldness, shake your hand, and you ask Jesus to come to your life, please get with one of us after service. Let us know. We'd love to take you downstairs and pray with you. Love on you. And anything else we can do, give you a hug, give you a Coke, Pepsi, some cheez whatever we got down here, <laughs> we'll give it to you. Yeah. But also, if you're here today and you was hurting and you was broken, I hope you leave here better than you walked in. Yes. And I hope you have supernatural boldness to impact the culture. Because that is what we've been called to do. Hey, next week, we'll be out of town. But Pastor Kevin is going to mount the pulpit. Amen. i have service. If you can, please pray for Pastor David and Amy as they travel home. Let's pray God gives them traveling mercies. Keeps them safe. And I pray that all of you all make it your point to come back next week. am <laughs> not forgetting anything. This can
2: start
1: Yeah, this Thursday, July fifteenth at 6 30, Thursday evening midweek service. Come out and join us. Be a part of that. Amen. We love you. We welcome you. Like I said, if you was a guest today, you're honored. We welcome you. And if you come back next week, your family, you can't leave. So, <laughs> have Pastor David and Sister Amy. We love you. For those online, we love you as well. If you can, don't forget your tithes and offerings. You can put them in that box back there or make a check out the Impact Church or impact-ironton.com if you want to do it online as Pastor Kevin so eloquently told us. We love you. God loves you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.